0: Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan,
1: And very thankful to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. The number to reach me is one three six seven five three two nine one triplea three six seven five three two nine on what appears to be a very seasonally warm um, August if you will headed towards September moving uh, into our uh, school year just started last week for most of you um, very warm very warm it feels almost like we might begin to endure some of that typical seasonal Fiery weather that goes on in uh, in the hills, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of feel like we might be going in that direction. Haven't been watching much of the news to to determine whether or not that intuition is true. I guess I'll have to do that tonight. But uh, we need to pray about that. I was listening to a uh, commentary on my way in, a basically a uh, interview uh, with uh, with a, a young man, actually a professor from. Um, a university in uh, Amazonia, near Amazonia, in Brazil, if you will. And, of course, there are a bunch of fires going on in the Amazon area right now, of which that young, young professor basically said they have the same kind of weather patterns that California does and that uh, seasonally fires occur to burn off a bunch of things, and it's not that bad. Well, uh, for us in California, we've had some really horrible years. You guys know that. And um, big institutions have been paying seriously for it uh, in terms of, um, you know, our our electric system and uh, uh, PG&E having to pay out tons of money for some of the negligence that's going on in areas with high levels of uh, bush and and fire hazards that have been uh, now kind of the legacy of very painful, uh, painful loss of lives and homes. And so we do want to keep that keep that 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 constant period of watchfulness uh, in prayer so do that the other thing is that our kids are now in school as i stated we have uh, moved towards um i think the second week of of school for many of our kids some kids will start this week they're trying to they're trying to get the kids to to end school uh, earlier in the middle of the year as opposed to june 11th, 12th, 13th and 14th, they want the kids out by the end of May or the middle of May. I don't know how you parents feel about that, but I I guess I'm fine with it now after many years of um of parenting. But yeah, that's what's going on. And we want to pray for our kids. We want to keep our kids in prayer in terms of uh a need for them to be able to actually excel, stay focused, stay committed to homework, stay committed to excellence and integrity. School is a major experiment, as you guys know, just full of um, uh, invaluable lessons on the part of uh, social dynamics, pecking orders, hierarchical structure, boundaries, uh, discipline, and again, uh, the the hard work that's needed for our kids to be able to uh, be formed into well-productive citizens. With the exception of the fact that we are moving into a very dark period, as we talked about a few weeks ago, in terms of our public schools being just a bastion for very dark, dark policies in terms of uh, human sexuality, gender, uh, and a number of other things relative to departing from what we would call a biblical worldview. And uh, so many of us in the world of Christendom have basically almost thrown up our hands and said, you know what, the public schools are just about um, irrelevant. But the reason why we don't is because we also are dealing with a level of poverty on the part of a lot of our our families, um, single parent families, mothers and fathers and, uh, you know, African-Americans and Latinos, et cetera, that just can't afford a Christian school and don't have the wherewithal for homeschooling. Although homeschooling is indeed on the rise, and we're glad for that, um, public school still ends up becoming one of the final and last and necessary elements. And what do we have in public schools as well? We have Christian men and women who are teachers for whom we have to also pray that God would grant them grace to be able to deal with the policies and the influence and and some of the challenges they have trying to teach those young kids how to be well-balanced and, uh, if can, if possible, God-honoring adults. So we want to keep them in prayer because, you know, as our kids go, so will our culture go. Speaking of that, I received an article in, uh, in the tons of email that I get Uh, On a daily basis early this morning, as I was kind of perusing through different articles, California legislative year closed on Friday. I don't know how valid this uh, this, uh, article is because it ends with a person's name, George Orwell. So, you know, (laughs) it's an alias here. But I, I suppose what they're dealing with are some of the policy um, affirmations and, uh, and, and uh, decisions that they have come up with for this year, 2020. And I just want to share it with you. So I want you to see the California legislative year closed on Friday, July 19th, 2019, just uh, a short while ago, a month ago. So what did they accomplish during the high pressure year in Sacramento? First of all, here are some of the highlights of the season. They passed a cap and trade tax this is a cap and trade tax which will increase gas by sixty three to ninety three percent a gallon and 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 that's that's what's going to happen in in a little while you're not going to notice we are back up to four thirty five four forty five five dollars a gallon because well, that's the only way they can get money. How, how do you squeeze, you know, blood out of a tu- tuna or a turnip? And that's where we are. 63 to 93 percent, 93 cents, a gallon change in the taxes that will go along with that. So look forward to your gas going up. Secondly, a proposed increase on a new tax. Every residence will pay for tap water. Here it is. A, pro- a proposed increase on a new tax. Every residence will pay for tap water. So the water coming out of our tap, we will be paying an increased tax for. Just look forward. Now your water bill is going up. Your water bill is going up. Thirdly, a $3.46 billion, $3.45 billion, no, $46 billion park bond to pay for parks in disadvantaged communities. Now, we definitely need parks. In disadvantaged communities, because image plays a major role in optimism on the part of kids as to whether or not they're going to be destructive or constructive in their own communities. Right? Growing up in, in poor communities, when we saw that our community was run down, dilapidated, and in, in everything else, all we wanted to do was contribute to that same dilapidation. So when you have a really nice area, a really nice um, uh, community park that's well kept, then uh, young people are more inclined to uh, maintain it as well and enjoy it as a part of the dignity of their uh, cultural experience. So that's going to be $3.46 billion. So here you go. Taxes on gas, taxes on water, and taxes at to the tune of $3.46 billion for some parks in disadvantaged communities. So get ready to fill it. A law. Here we go. A law to reduce any lifer. They just passed a law to reduce to release any lifer, that is murderer, raper, rapist, child molester, etc., who is 60 years old and has already spent 25 years in prison. Charles Mansion would have qualified if he just waited a few months before dying. The Melendez brothers that murdered their parents could be released in about 12 years. Victims, what victims, the author says. So there you go. In a moment, they're going to be releasing Uh, people from prison who should be doing life, um, but after 25 years. And I don't know what that's like. I mean, I got a feeling personally, and we can talk about it if you want to. I got a feeling that there are a lot of people in prison who need to be out. I also have a feeling that there are a lot of people who may be in prison who need to be out but do not need to be on the street or in normal uh, everyday society simply because of the mental challenges that they face. So if they're going to just be dumped on the streets, which is what a lot of countries do, that's going to increase also the burden of government to take care of them in terms of, uh, you know, being vagabonds and loiterers lauter- and uh, mischievous as we have it in San Francisco. Cisco, a big problem in San Francisco with that, um, and we'd be having it here in the Bay Area as well. So look forward to an increase of those kinds of things. Uh, fourthly, a new fifty dollars charge on all residents living in a mobile home park to address living conditions enforcement in those parks. What the? What does that mean? Regressive tax on the poor. A regressive tax on the poor. In other words, if you got one of those rinky dink trailer homes and you live in an area that you know graciously allows you to keep your trailer there. Well, yeah, the rent's going up there, too. It's going up, going up. No, he goes on to say, um, let's see here. They're going to require Tesla to either unionize with the United Auto Workers Union or forfeit state incentives to buy their electric cars. Maybe political blackmail doesn't count as breaking the law. Unions are loving it. You know, you're going to have to watch out, solar panel, uh, solar panel companies. Uh, they may be coming after you next. So obviously you can tell the Arthur who wrote this particular um, article on, on, the, on the web is basically uh, a non-union guy. They're also going to reduce from a felony. Now, get this now. They're going to reduce from a felony to a misdemeanor the purposeful intent. To transmit the AIDS virus to an unknowing partner. Did you get that? The governor and the legislative branch in Sacramento have passed a bill to lower from what was a felony, and it ought to be a felony, to a misdemeanor the purposeful intent to transmit the AIDS virus. To an unknowing partner. So, all right, let's talk about that one. (laughs) Whose responsibility is it to um, make sure that AIDS is not something that gets communicated from person to person or people to people in a given society? Is it the government's responsibility or is it the people's responsibility or is it another answer? Is it A, B or C? That's a question you can uh, call and confirm with uh, dialogue with me on. I'm thinking about why would government want to reduce that kind of heinous potential life threatening sentence that would occur in the life of two people that are engaging in sexual activity, married or not? So I can see scenarios, if you will, where an individual has the HIV virus, has it well under control and then gets married and uh, fails to main uh, fails to disclose that he has the virus and the doctors have already told him he can still transmit that virus if he's not careful and that person gets the virus as well does the married person go to jail on a felony charge Why shouldn't I mean on a misdemeanor charge? Why shouldn't he go to jail? She go to jail on a felony charge for changing the quality of the life of the individual who has obtained AIDS unbeknownst to themselves because their partner was not honest. I think that this gives you insight into the kind of morality that exists within our government. Don't you think? Here's another one. The law has passed to give preferential treatment to prisoners convicted of serious crimes that are less than 25 years old because their brains are not mature enough to understand right from wrong. Woo! What an implication. So, you know, long ago, we never really did determine whether or not an individual was an adult, um, uh, mature enough to be an adult by anything other than the chronological age. We would say at 18, you could drive. At 21, you could drink. At 18, you would still be uh, marginally in youth authority if you did a crime that was a a felony. You'd go to youth authority. After 18, 19, you now are in prison. What they are saying now, you guys, and I, I think that this is also something that you need to be thinking about because this argument has been, has been rendered in many contexts before is that it has been proven uh, that the brains of young people don't fully develop until at least 25 years old. And what does that mean? That means they can get away with a lot of stuff that long ago at 18, at 21, you were considered an adult and you would, you would pay uh, pay adult prices for behaviors that were the consequence of your chronological age. Now it's all about the brain uh not being mature and therefore we are going to give preferential treatment to those prisoners convicted of serious crimes that are less than 25 years old. Isn't that amazing? A bill to require our tr- here, now watch this, a bill to require our true sex be omitted from driver's license. That passed a bill to require our true sex to to be omitted from driver's license. In other words, now we've been talking about this for a long time, the need to recognize that there is a biological factor inherent in our observational framework that determines for us invariably across the board, what is a male and what is a female, what is a he and what is a she It doesn't take much science to understand that. But because of this major push to remove any kind of fixed binary gender standard standard from our society, they're even removing it from your driver's license. So even though you got a picture, and of course we know today that a picture means little or nothing, even though you have a picture of an individual, who may look like a male or a female uh, n- that will never be fully verified by the license for on the license. It's going to have whatever gender that individual is identifying as, and you're just going to have to live with that. Here's another bill, Uh free legal services for illegal immigrants, free legal services for illegal immigrants. There you go. What that means is more tax dollars going towards illegal immigrants for free services. Here's another bill that passed. The establishment of safe injection zones run by government to oversee people injecting heroin. There it is. Safe injection zones. So you'll be able to drive down the street in San Francisco. You'll find a group of people nodding. I saw this the other day in Hayward. It reminded me of the era I grew up in when uh, doing dope was not as crass and blatant and uh, blazing before our eyes as little kids as it is today. See, the dope fiends had a monicum of, of shame. So they would go behind a building or go down into a corridor area and they would do it. And when you walk by, what you would simply see is them nodding out. And we knew they were high, but we never watched them shoot up. I mean, I didn't. And so what you're going to see today is a growing awareness of safe zones where people are just going to be there getting high, getting high. So you see what's going on in our society. I've got a few more, then I'm going to take a break. You see what's going on in our society. Of course, no rules about filth and street living. Probably part of the new California lifestyles. No rules about filth and street street living. All this is passed, according to the writer of the article, who calls himself Orson Wells, and that's what you and I get a chance to look at in the next couple of years in California. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Because I'm way overdue, and I got to force Joel to clean this up. And uh, when I come back, I'll be glad to chat with you on one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight. 3675329, your questions, your comments, your observations. Let's just have a dialogue on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back.
0: And now back to Lifeline.
1: All right, we're back. The time is 534. Three lines open on the Monday edition of Lifeline. If you want to call and chat, 188-3675-329. 1-888- Three six seven five three two nine. If you have a question or a comment or an observation or something you just want to uh, put out there for us to fill up our pot parade, you can give me a call. Got three lines open. One triple eight i am going to go to line number one as soon as I can pull up my screen and talk with Kiana in San Leandro. Kiana, are you there? Yes. Hi, Pastor
2: Jesse. How
1: are you? Hi. Fine.
2: Okay. I came in like in the tail end of the last I guess half an hour. Okay. And I heard what you were saying about the safe injection sites in San Francisco, and I thought the feds had stepped in and told them that they couldn't do it. Mm Hmm. Um. I don't know if something changed. Um.
1: Probably not. Probably not. Are
2: like a. Yeah, um, I think that's a bad idea because they're, like, enabling people to continue to abuse drugs and they're not, like, addressing the causes of addiction. And that's problematic because I work in San Francisco and I see people shooting up every single day.
1: Yeah, I know you do. They're not
2: shooting out. They're they're selling it. Right. They're smoking it. Right. They're snorting it. And it's just really sad to see... That our society has turned into enabling people
1: you know one of the reasons the, one of the reasons i wanted to i shared that i shared an article where what was going on Kiana, is that um California, the legislator in Sacramento, legislator uh, party in Sacramento, they just passed a number of bills, everything from increase on uh, taxes for our gasoline from 63 cent to 93 cent per gallon. That means our gas is going up to um, uh, taxes on a bunch of different things. They're getting ready to let. You know, people that are in prison for murder, rape and child molestation, um, if they've done 25 years old out, that means more people are going to be on the street that, um, you know, have criminal backgrounds and therefore it's going to be very difficult for them to work. Therefore, it's going to be more inclined for them to be depressed. Therefore, it's going to be more inclined for them to either commit criminal activity or collapse back into the drug culture that you and I are presently talking about. Now, I shared this along with eight or nine different policies, along with policies to reduce from a felony to a misdemeanor the purposeful intent to transmit AIDS viruses to an unknown partner. Now, how... How absolutely bizarre is that, that the legislative branch in Sacramento is sitting up making policy around uh, lowering uh, criminal charges to people who know they have AIDS? but they have sex with other people who don't have aids and they they transmit that sexual disease to them presently it's a it was a felony now it is simply a misdemeanor so we are looking at and this is the reason why I brought it up for us to kind of get a bigger picture of where we are in California in California we are looking at a government that does not really know how to define and clarify what is morally and ethically right and wrong. And so when we got down to the area, the s- like fourth to the last uh, legislative bill being pl- passed about what uh, uh, they're calling them injection zones. That's when you came in. You heard me talking about that. For me, that makes all the sense in the world when we have politicians who do not operate out of a biblical worldview who do not have a, a, a tangible awareness of the inalienable principles of right and wrong, whose whole moral compass sways in the wind of of uh, of opinion, in the winds of culture, in the winds of a very, very dark, dark, dark trajectory for our, our culture, uh, so that you and I are going to be paying taxes, you and I are going to be living in uh, in situations that you. those of you who work in San Francisco, and I know a lot of people who do, you guys have to face this stuff every day. It's going on in Oakland and other areas, too, but nowhere near like San Francisco because San Francisco is kind of a model of this chaos and confusion of, uh, of uh, immoral, unethical uh, 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 judgments being being made on society. this is what you and i are, are are looking at in the near future in california and i don't know what the answer is going to be i really don't i don't know how you solve that. I agree with you it shouldn't be done, but I will ask you the question just for us to have the conversation uh What do we do with with people who are addicted and uh we don't presently have uh laws? Uh, that incriminate them for being addicted. What do we do with, with people who are homeless and people who are trying to kill their pain and people that are therefore taking uh, everything from alcohol to, to hard uh, drugs to, to, to Medicaid, what do we do?
2: Well, I think that all we can do is to also pray, but it's things that can be done like San Francisco, their budget for the homeless is like $500 million and then you're creating all these programs and all these jobs for people that are friends of politicians and no real work is being done, the causes of homelessness and drug addiction aren't being adequately addressed. Okay. You have people that really need help, but don't want it. And then you got people who don't want no help, and they just want to just be out there. And then the people that really, really want help, they're, they're not getting the help that they need.
1: So now, what you did was give a very good assessment of the dilemma, and I agree with you. Uh, and 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 again, for me, thinking it through, our politicians don't have the answer. To the moral degradation, the ethical loss of compass and therefore this spiraling down of demotivation on the part of many of our citizens who are engaging in these behaviors that we know are antisocial and destructive for our society. We know that our politicians, in my opinion, don't have the answers, even if we had the money. They don't have the answer, they don't have the wherewithal to actually be able to solve the problem. And it's largely because our politicians, like many of our present generation, are becoming less morally absolute. They are becoming less righteous. They are becoming less, uh, less responsible in terms of what is absolutely the right thing to do. And as a consequence, they are falling prey to bad policy making. The proverb puts it this way, uh, when the righteous are in authority, when men know what's right, and they are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. And that makes all the sense in the world. When wicked men rule, and that is men and women who have lost their moral compass, lost their ethical break, lost their reasoning and rationing skills as responsible representatives of our society to have to say certain things are wrong, seriously wrong, and have to be dealt with adequately in order for us to clean it up or correct it. Without that kind of moral compass, all we're doing is putting a Band-Aid on a serious wound that will never heal. It will only pus up and break through the Band-Aid at some point and create major catastrophe for our society by way of what is called biblically the diseases of Egypt. And that's where we are in our culture today. So I don't know what the answer is going to be. I just don't know. What do you think? No, and
2: then I wanted to tell you because you had mentioned... The state le- the state legislature who, yeah. who who turned the HIV thing from a felony to a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor. But I'm gonna give you some background about that particular person. because sure. You already know is sure. state senator Scott Weiner. Right. Because when he was on the board of supervisors in San Francisco, he was taken some type of experimental HIV drug before he had even came on the market because he had his own little agenda. Of course. Using himself as some type of sacrificial lamb of sorts to promote that. Promiscuity. It's okay to yep. sit up here and have sex with people and take a drug to try to avoid um, getting consequences, AIDS, but you're still ha- having unprotected sex with men and you're engaging in homosexual sex. And you think by taking this drug, it's going to make people want to not use protection, which they shouldn't even be doing in the first place. But you're giving people a license to continue having reckless, unprotected sex.
1: And on top of that, people,
2: not just men, right. it's heterosexual people too. Of course. And then he wanted to try to make it into a political thing because it's like you're trying to, you're trying to say that they don't want to criminalize HIV. But, you know, you having sex with people unprotected, getting AIDS is a consequences of your own um, choices or moral sexual behavior. Yep. So now you want to decriminalize it.
1: Yep. And that's hey, all. That,
2: other people are at risk.
1: And this is what I'm saying. This is why, as much as you are bringing clarity to the topic, and others are about to chime in on it for sure, what I am saying is the Bible is explicitly right and and and, and, and uh, precisely clear on the consequences of wicked men ruling, and that it would have passed to move uh, such a heinous act of engaging in sex, harming someone without their willing volitional acceptance, as that liability could be because they would know that their partner is indeed HIV, HIV uh, uh, affected. Um, it's, to me, that's, that's, that's tantamount to murder. Um, simply because we have a lot of drugs that can prolong the life now. It doesn't mean the life is going to be a life of quality. It doesn't mean that the life is not going to have some pain. It doesn't mean that people still aren't going to die from ACE. But it just really goes to show you how depraved and how much God is giving up our culture to reprobation of mine. We are looking at this square in the face in our society. And I'm privileged to kind of call our attention to it on a more public level because we don't always see these categories on uh, in, in a Christian context in our churches. But here it is. It's falling out to become normal in our society that these kinds of what used to be the dark degradation of a a, a group of misfits or people we would call uh, skid rowers or losers, they are at center stage now, and and many of them are are politicians who are advocating for the same uh, very low demoralizing lifestyle because they have absolutely no answers to solve them, and because they are disconnected from the true and the living God. Listen, thank you for the call, my dear sister. I got to take a break. I've got two lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three. Two, nine. two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine to get in on the conversation. Can I give us some good insight into what we already know has been occurring? And uh it's something that you and I need to think about because while a lot of times we're going about our business, it's not in our face, but it's still happening around us. I'll be right back.
0: And now back to lifeline. All right,
1: we're back. Three lines open. One triple eight. You want to get in on the conversation? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Open to all topics that are worthy of discussion in a larger forum. Let me go to line number two and talk with. Um, let's see here. Who do we have here? We have Nelson in uh, Redwood City on line number three. Nelson, are you there?
3: Yes, sir. Um, right, what's going on? Um, both sides, um, left and right. Um, this one guy in the Bay Area who's starting uh, a very reformed Presbyterian church is trying to start it up here. He said both sides, the left and the right, they are tyrannical, and um, I, I, I I agree. If you if you're not doing the equity of the law, that's what um, one elder at one um, very reformed Presbyterian church here said. What? said in when I was discussing um, Anthony Scalia, the chief justice, yeah. because he, Scalia believed that you should execute a person, and of course, the person in question was black, <laughs> that um, if, even if a lower habeas court found him innocent, even with DNA, he said there's no precedence of um, not executing the person. The reason, I'm just bringing that up because both sides have these extreme views, like in Alabama, they charged that black lady for killing her unborn baby even though she was in a fight with another black lady who shot her but they wanted to charge because they worship gun rights there they didn't even charge the person who shot her but they charged the lady because who was pregnant because they said she started the fight so both sides have some extreme views
1: right so extreme views are anecdotal i'm not really i mean i hear you they don't represent the Center are the foundation of those arguments so i I don't know really what the point is if we have legislation that is um is- cl- is clear and straightforward you know that with regards to the murder of an unborn child or with regards to the mother- murder of any citizen and yet uh local judges employ those those laws in a way that discriminates, that's a whole nother story. It's not about the law at that point. It's about uh, unjust judges or unjust leaders. That's why I quoted Proverbs 29, 2. When the wicked are in power, the people mourn. Okay, so I'll take the one example that you gave right there. I'm not sure that what you said about Scalia was verbatim what he uh, said or what he meant. You would have to send me the data for me to go uh huh with you on Scalia because I, I, I just didn't get that from him when I heard him years ago. It doesn't mean that he didn't have those kind of um, covert uh, racist tendencies. I, I, I get that. I, it does not mean that, uh, but I never heard that from him uh, myself. I'd love to see that in print. However, on the second one, we've got all kinds of unprincipled judges on the right and on the left, as you stated, that act in such heinously unrighteous ways. And so whoever that elder was uh, stating the principle of righteousness when it comes to legislating law, we know as Christians, if we are honest Christians and biblical Christians, the only way to wield justice is justly, and it doesn't matter what your race is. This is why I really personally try to avoid racial frameworks as a basis of of determining whether or not a judge or a person is 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 worthy of of, of you know my consideration. Because you're gonna get that on on both the both ends of the spectrum. I'm glad you affirmed that, by the way, because uh, you do see it on both extremes. Right now, we are dealing with an escalation of uh, white supremacist hostilities across the nation. This is an undeniable fact. It's documented. It's it's increasing. They're coming out of the woodworks. But we have seen the horribly abominable uh, manifestations of leftist activity as well. You just think about what Anthony Weiner has been able to do in dropping the felony uh, crime of uh, intentional uh, AIDS transmission to uh, a partner unwittingly from a, a felony to a misdemeanor. To me, that's as equally heinous. And here's the reason why. And I I know I'm not getting an argument from you, but it just goes to show how left and right are just as wicked as can be when God doesn't uh, give the mind light and doesn't give the heart uh, equity and doesn't establish a moral framework that really... Uh, has the capacity for doing justice. That kind of policy, uh, as our sister had said, Kiana earlier, says that's gonna simply promote the practice of unprotected sex in order to uh, increase these Egyptian diseases that dominate our culture and harm people innocently uh, as a consequence of unjust laws. So the laws uh, that we are seeing taking place in California are definitely on the slant of the left. And I think you would agree with that. And they have horrible consequences. In other states where it's on the slant to the right, If it happens to be executed by men who are not righteous, women who are not righteous, then, yeah, they're going to take advantage of the poor. They're going to take advantage of the minority. They're going to take advantage of the people to whom they feel as if somehow they have to wield the sword unjustly in order for them to be able to execute powers, the oppressor over the oppressed again. I'll give you the last word before I have to go.
3: I guess a better example I could have used is I didn't know this. I vote I vote straight Republican here in California. I vote for small business from Republicans, but the, my my state senator who's a Democrat, he said he gave the list of all the Republicans who voted to give PG and E a tax break right after that big explosion in San Bruno, um, and they're all Republicans who did it. And um, one good thing that happened mm-hmm. today is. Um, that the pharmaceutical companies had to pay hundreds of millions for the opioid epidemic. There's a major hospital chain here in the Bay Area. I won't mention their name. I know which one. On their website, they said there's more white Americans who die in America than are being born. It's mostly, partly because of the opioid epidemic and the suicide that comes with it. And not a lot of has been said about that. Both Democrats, but mostly Republicans, take their – Big money from the pharmaceutical companies and you you hear about the um, violence in Chicago in Indianapolis I mean um, um, whatever city Baltimore and but you don't hear a lot about this opioid epidemic that's killing people in Mitch McConnell state yep. uh, and, and all those guys who are Matt gets in their communities um, these real right wingers um, these policies. These right-wing policies do—they're um, more stealthily, and they—they they kill people. Like in Brazil, they're burning down the Amazon. That's
1: now, 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 now—we're yeah. on that one. We're gonna have to—I'm gonna have to challenge you on that. I just—I just, I just uh, on which one? On the last one that you're stating, because I just listened to a whole hour interview with people directly on the ground, directly working in Brazil as professors who actually know what's going on in Brazil for a whole hour. Just before this program, this is just providential. Because what I do, I'll tell you what I do before I let you go. And the lines are wide open, you guys. You can call if you want to. One of the things that I do, uh, Nelson, just because what I don't ever, I don't have the the time or the, um, personally, I don't care about, uh, being uh, on the left or the right, I, I just don't care about leftist ideology. I don't care about uh, the right ideology. I don't care about the hypocrisy in either group. I I see the the, the Republicans and the conservatives as uh, being fundamentally flawed because whereas they may have some legitimate platform uh, 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 issues to offer us that look like righteousness behind the scenes, you have already affirmed it. Greed and uh and and uh, discrimination often dominate how those policies get acted out i'll talk about that in a moment with the with the uh with the uh, uh, the uh, hundreds of million dollars lawsuit won against uh, against uh, pharmaceutical uh, because of the opioid issue, uh, but going over to Brazil that that one and he's a lefty. He's a lefty. He, he says you know, but he's one of these centrist guys that understands real, really what's going on. They got a new um, president in Brazil that that they're wondering whether or not he's going to be you know a helpful guy. But the fires that are going on in the Amazon, he said, are natural fires. They are not. Not the consequence of right-wing Republicans the Koch brothers or anybody else going over there to burn it up in order to take advantage of it but that becomes the narrative coming out of the left into the atmosphere this is why I'm trying to tell my Christian brothers and sisters don't swing left don't swing right swing Jesus swing Jesus I, and I love you but I'm a I'm gonna debate you not you Nelson I'm talking in general when you collapse into a narrative of the left and in the right and you don't know what you're talking about I'm going to debate you because as a Christian you don't you may have a leaning one way or the other but you're not justified to for us to make an argument about one group against the other particularly Um, if it's not factual. And in this case, it's not. But I've been hearing that rhetoric for a a long time. You know, this is what they're doing. This is what the Republicans are doing. And I listened to this guy, and I'll tell you, it was on a leftist program, uh, 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 Nelson, because I listened to the left as well. I love listening to the left for several reasons. When you are coming from a different position than somebody else, you better know what they're saying in total. Don't just build your argument based upon the mere fallacies of their position. Recognize the good things that they do. Recognize the the not so good things that they do and recognize the evil things that you are. You know, you know, you want to oppose because there's going to be good things on both sides that are important to affirm. If we're going to be just men, if we're going to be righteous men, if we're going to be people who bring to the table of discussion and dialogue, Uh, healthy assessments and judgments as I talked about yesterday judge righteous judgment we gotta actually know the facts we can't just be taking up sound bites from what other people say and that young man actually rebuked the host of the show who really was trying to find some red meat against the Republicans because he's a pure leftist I can tell you that now In in fact, the show opened up with him playing two or three what we would call Save the Earth hip hop songs, because, you know, the left is all about basically paganism, that we all are the same, whether you're a tree, rock, a squirrel, whether or not, you know, you are a leaf, we're all the same. And we need to, you know, love the love Mother Earth, uh, you know, as if Mother Earth is God, because we're all the same. Now, you know, that is squarely unbiblical. And so we have to stop short of doing what God says, and that is be responsible before the air. But he thought he was going to get a professor on that was going to continue to tout his rant against the right uh, as being the ones who were burning the forest. But that young man said, no, I got to tell you the facts. I'm on the ground. I knew I grew up here. These are the same kind of fires that do take place in California, and it has nothing to do with politics. So he's, he's giving me a perspective on it that keeps me from wanting to just say, there go those Republicans again.
3: Okay, I could be wrong. Unlike the religious right, I could be wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, and we still got to have the conversation. But and I appreciate you. And so, so call back again. All right, bless you, bro. I got to take a break. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. But let me just say it before I go. I, I I've tried for years. I've tried for years to listen to right wing. I've tried for years to listen to left wing. I hear my left wing brethren and I go blind and I hear my right wing brethren and I go blind. And what I mean by blind is not biblical. Like we either got a biblical worldview or we don't. And a biblical worldview is at the origin of everything good, whether it's on the left or on the right. And so You better be careful what kind of prism you operate on, because it may be a prism that fits you well, but it may not fit God well. And uh, to the extent that we are not using a biblical prism, we won't be able to speak for God or represent God consistently and honestly and persuasively at all. So I'll be right back